With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash iHeart. That's LifeLock.com slash iHeart to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. Hello, this is Let's Talk About Myths, baby, and I am your host, Liv, that woman who rants and swears but lives for Greek mythology. Well, you might note that this episode is yet another dive into the Aeneid, and not something special like I promised last week. You would be right. You see, I'm waiting on a source book that's been delayed in the mail because, you know, the times, and I also discovered it quite late, so it's partially my fault, but basically I just don't want to do this special episode without looking at it, Um, so the very special episode is still forthcoming. I'm really hoping that the book arrives this week so I can do it for next week, 
If not, it might be in the new year because we're getting close to the time when there are stretches where people simply don't listen to podcasts. So if I'm being honest, I don't want to release a really special episode during that time. It's a waste. Anyway, that's why we're back with Aeneas in what I think will be the first of two or three final episodes on the man and his steps to found the foundations of Rome. I'm also excited to say that I'm going to be speaking with a special guest very soon all about Aeneas and the Aeneid, and we're going to learn why we should actually like him and this book. But for now, oh, Aeneas and the Trojans, I should say, as Aeneas figured very little into our last episode, because yes, we're still waiting on his return. The Trojans are holed up in their recently built but very strong fort, while Turnus and his men lay in wait. Last week, we learned the tragic story of Nissus and Euryalus, two Trojans who tried to sneak past the Latin soldiers and find Aeneas, but got a little too showy with their assassin skills and found themselves caught by returning soldiers and killed. The Trojans beyond the fort learned this news when they saw their friends' heads raised high above the Latin camp. All very sad and gross. And Aeneas still isn't back. This is episode 103. What is the Aeneid without Aeneas? The Second Trojan War continues. The Trojans watch in horror as their friends' heads are raised high above the Latin camp before the walls they'd built. One of them, even more tragically, is Euryalus's own mother, who sees that her son has been killed, let alone that he'd even left the camp for such a dangerous mission when she sees his head raised high above her. She, quite unsurprisingly, loses it. The poor woman drops everything she's doing and runs without thinking, without fear of the enemies or thought at all, towards her son, crying and screaming for him. The Trojan soldiers hear and see Euryalus's poor mother in all her grief as she cries out to the gods to kill her, to take away her pain and send her to Hades. They're broken by it. They were heartbroken enough seeing poor Euryalus and Nissus having been killed in such a way. But now the man's mother? Ugh, just very sad and depressing. The Trojans whisk her away kindly, taking care with her as they handle their own emotions over it all as well. Meanwhile, the Latins took their chance and attempted to break through the fortifications of the Trojans. They come at them with all their might, while the Trojans work to beat them back, to keep them from breaching their walls and fences. Of course, the Trojans know well how to defend walls, how to handle a siege from their enemies. It wasn't their first time. Most of the men had lasted the ten years in the Trojan War, or if they were too young, they'd heard enough of it from their fathers. The Trojan walls were never breached, save for that damn horse. So they used their knowledge from that last long and tragic war to keep Turnus and the Latin soldiers back. Sing Calliope, muse of epic poetry, of Turnus's slaughter, Virgil asks aloud. With all their might, the Latin soldiers try to break through the Trojan walls, their fences, whatever they have to protect themselves. 
They had the torturous man Mezentius and Neptune's own son Mesippus trying to cut down the Trojans. They tried and tried. Finally, working to break through a strategic tower, Turnus throws a torch and sets the thing ablaze. The fire spreads in the wind, growing faster than he'd intended. It burns away at the wood and doors. Those inside the tower try to find safety, keeping away from the flames, but that only serves to weaken the building further, and the tower collapses in the blink of an eye. Only a few Trojans survive the fire and the building's collapse, let alone their fall onto their own weapons when it comes down. Those that did were faced with the Latin soldiers the moment the dust cleared. One was very young. He didn't have the skills built up yet to attempt to get through so many enemies at once. He chose to have them kill him, running at them full speed, where their spears were densest. Another was more experienced and agile. He made to jump through and around the Latin soldiers, struggling to clamber up the walls and to the safety of his fellow Trojans. But Turnus gets to him, throwing a spear and grabbing at the man as he attempted to reach the top of the walls. When he's pulled down, part of the wall comes with him. Things were looking worse and worse for the Trojans. And still no Aeneas. The soldiers are all forced into hand-to-hand combat at this point. The Trojan wall is beginning to fall, and they have to defend themselves against the Latin soldiers. So many on either side begin to die. Horrible deaths described in great detail with so many names. Once again, calling back to the Iliad and its many, many names and fates of men. Ulysses, Aeneas's own son, finally finds himself in the midst of the battle for the first time aiming his arrow at another man and taking him out. Before this, he'd only ever hunted. One of the Latin soldiers begins to taunt the Trojans, calling them out for failing to defend their walls once more, and after they were already so famous for it. The man calls upon their motivations. Why are they even there in the first place, attacking the Latins on their own land, arriving just to steal their wives? Of course, the Latins aren't wrong here. They're just being influenced by the gods and the furies to be even more angry than they were naturally. It isn't really up to them anymore. It's just fated now. Aeneas is fated to succeed in founding a city there. The Latins are fated to fight him. So the Latin soldier continues to taunt the Trojans. Now he's comparing his own men to the Greeks, who took so long to defeat the Trojans back in Troy. This seems to be a favorite topic to call back to, and I don't blame them. Such a famous and long war. There's, quote, No glib Ulysses here, no sons of Atreus, the soldier calls. No, we're tougher than the Greeks, he says. We train for this. We prepare our infants for this. The fighting stretches on, the battle shifting slightly, but continuing on much the same. Finally, Turnus finds himself on a rampage, breaking through the Trojans and taking them down one by one. He gets a message then, about elsewhere in the battle. The Trojans had opened a gate, flaunting themselves. Turnus makes for it, killing a child of Sarpedon, hero of the Trojan War. The spear pierced through the man's stomach and chest, and out the other side. 
more fighting, more death and gore and blood. The Latin soldiers are winning, the Trojans taking too many losses. Finally, Pandarus, a Trojan, realizes this and that they need to close the gates. Even if Trojans are trapped on the other side to fend for themselves, the risk is too great if they keep it open. So he closes the gates. But Pandarus hasn't noticed that he'd missed a Latin soldier who'd gotten in and was now trapped within the Trojan walls. Turnus, the same Latin leader who had beat them back to their walls in the first place, who had made them regret even opening the gates and rushing forth at the Latin soldiers. With the gates closed, the Trojans quickly realize who they're trapped with. The man who had done them the most damage outside their walls is now locked inside them. Turnus flies at them. Pandarus tries to beat him back. Pandarus tells him he's outnumbered, that he's locked within the enemy's fort without a way out. But Turnus is sure of himself. He only smiles and proposes hand-to-hand combat. That when they're done, Pandarus can go tell Priam that he'd met Achilles. That kind of ego is scary enough, honestly. Pandarus comes at Turnus, thrusting his spear, but is thrown off course by some god, probably Juno herself, she who has pushed the Latin soldiers to war in the first place. Laughing, Turnus turns his sword against Pandarus and in a swift motion cuts through the man's forehead, splitting his head open, splattering brains everywhere and leaving the man's head hanging half towards a shoulder. Yeah. It's horrifying. Turnus, too, is so worked up in his rage and bloodlust and madness that he doesn't think to let the other Latin soldiers in the now-closed doors, thankfully, because if he had, Troy would have been done for. They'd have been finished. But Turnus isn't himself. He's been taken over by the violence he's just committed, and instead he alone turns against the Trojans within the walls and begins to fight them one by one. Having seen Pandarus taken out this way, the Trojans are feeling even more defeated, and they're not fighting their best against this raging Turnus. Finally, the Trojan leaders Serestus and Menestheus arrive, there where Turnus is raging, and Menestheus calls to the other Trojans, rousing them to come to their senses and fight back as they should against Turnus. They go at him, massing together to form a wall of men against the one Latin commander in their midst. Together they push Turnus back and back until he reaches the Tiber River that marks the very edge of the camp. They push at him, spears clanging and shields ringing until he's forced into the water. This is where I question their methods, honestly, because while Turnus is able to enter the river pushed there by the Trojans, sink into it, and float off, returning safely to his Latin companions, all the blood washed clean from him. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. 
Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. The king of the gods, or as Virgil prefers to refer to him, the father of the gods, Jove, calls an assembly on Mount Olympus as he looks out over the battle between the Trojans and the Latin armies. He's called the gods together because, it seems, he'd forbade Italy and Troy to clash, so he's particularly miffed that such a thing could have begun and gotten quite so out of hand so very quickly. What is causing this strife? Jove asks the gods assembled, what terror has forced each side to take up arms against the other? He notes that in time, Carthage will rise up against Rome, and so they shouldn't be bothering to fight now, not when an epic war with Carthage is destined for their future. Again, really just another way to rag on Carthage. It's timeless. It's Aeneas's own mother, Venus, who first answers Jove. She is, of course, concerned for the Trojans. They're destined to be where they are, to found their city there, so why are they being allowed to be attacked in this way? She points to the Latin armies and how they're handling themselves, not particularly well. She notes that Aeneas is far off, totally unaware of what's happening to his people back at his camp. If they'd arrived there without the sanction of the gods, she said, then surely they deserve this type of punishment. But if they were destined to be there, as she knows they were, if countless oracles had foretold them being there then they don't deserve the punishment they're getting. Finally, Venus notes what brought this all on. Iris heading down with a message, Electo raging through Italy, riling up the Latin people. If Juno won't end this, Venus says, at least let Ulysses, Aeneas's son, my grandson, survive this horrible war. She asks that Ulysses instead live with her, growing old with her, where he can stay safe and away from war. What has it done for him anyway? 
She goes on to lament that the Trojans ever left Troy in the first place. They should have founded their new Troy on the ashes of the old one, Venus says. These comments by Venus lead Juno to finally respond. Did anyone force Aeneas to invade the Latin kingdom, she asks, perhaps a bit disingenuously, because before she got involved, it was going a lot less like an invasion and a lot more like a, hey, can we maybe all live together in harmony? No one forced him to travel there, except maybe fate itself, she says. And who forced him to leave his camp undefended, to traipse off in search of another kingdom, leaving it in the hands of his very young son? On that one, she's got a point. Juno continues arguing against Aeneas, against the Trojans being there in Latium at all. She points out that Turnus now is unable to have a foothold in his own kingdom. She's right there. And that fiancés have been torn apart in favor of foreign interlopers. Again, she's got a point. Aeneas would have been dead long ago if it weren't for you, Venus, she adds. You saved him from the hands of the Greeks, where he would have been dead by now, and none of this would have been an issue. Remember back in the Trojan War, I believe it was Achilles was about to kill Aeneas when Venus straight up picks him up and whisks him away from the battlefield in a cloud of mist. Definitely a bit much when it came to godly intervention in that war. And Juno, it seems, hasn't forgotten. So what? Helping the Italians is a crime, Juno adds. Aeneas isn't here. That's not my fault. She goes on, calling back to all that's happened in the Trojan War, all the mistakes Aeneas made that were not of her doing, all he's done lately that's the same. Juno makes some good points and sets the rest of the gods grumbling amongst themselves, debating the cases being put forth by both Juno and Venus. Finally, Jove speaks in response to them both. In essence, he announces simply that he's not going to do anything to help either side. He's not making any kind of statement as to who was in the right or wrong in getting to this place, but he's also not going to favor anyone now. Quote, It might be Italy's fate or Trojan folly or false advice behind this siege. No matter. No, he's going to remain neutral. They all will just have to see how things shake out. Quote, The fates will find their way. Meanwhile, down on Earth, the battle between the Trojans and Latin armies is progressing. And things are looking worse and worse for the Trojans as it goes. They're trapped within their walls, hemmed in on all sides by the enemy who are raging at their gates and outnumber them by so very many men. The Trojans stand on their ramparts and towers watching, feeling quite helpless. Where, oh where, is Aeneas? Standing amidst it all is Euless, who Virgil describes as Venus's darling boy. Surrounded by the best of the Trojan men, those who weren't off with Aeneas, men who had gone through all the trials with the Trojans, some who had been through the war itself, all trying to hold off the Latin armies, trying to keep their walls standing and the Trojan people within them safe, waiting for Aeneas. Meanwhile, Aeneas and Evander's son Pallas, amongst a host of allies now with them, are sailing back to the Trojan camp. They've been given ships from more allies they've found, Tuscans now. Aeneas sits on the ship thinking about how they're going to handle the war, how it will end. 
Pallas, though, is curious about Aeneas's travels and everything he'd encountered on his way to Italy from all the way off in Troy. And then, oh, well, then we get a list of all the allies Aeneas is bringing with him, Iliad style. It is not necessary that I tell you them all, thank the gods, but know that he's found quite a number of allies, powerful leaders in the region, kings and the like, that are willing to help the Trojans against the Latin armies. A great many ships now sail alongside Aeneas back to the Trojan camp that, little do they know, is entirely under siege by Turnus and his armies. Day turns to night, and Aeneas and his allies sail on to the Trojan camp. When night falls, Aeneas is one of the few left awake on his ship. As they grow closer to the camp, they encounter the nymphs that Cybele transformed. The ships from Troy, Aeneas's ships, now appear to him as the nymphs, speaking to Aeneas and urging his ships on. They tell him what's happened, how the Trojans are embattled with the Latins, how they've been overcome, how the ships were sank, thus causing the goddess to transform them into nymphs. They finish by telling him that the next day would see many, many Latin soldiers dead. And with that, the nymphs give Aeneas's ship a good, swift push through the water, and so it and the other ships speed faster on their journey. Aeneas, having heard this, is excited and renewed. He calls out to the mother goddess, the one who cared enough to transform the ships into nymphs, thanking her and asking her for help as they continue on, as they plan to fight the Latin armies the next day. When he's done, he tells his men to prepare for war, to ready themselves for battle the moment they touch down on the land. And with that, day begins to break, rosy-fingered dawn, and they are now able to see that they're near enough to the camp to witness the Latin armies, Turnus's men, all surrounding the Trojans. Turnus and the Latins can see the ships coming too, and they hadn't expected it, hadn't expected the sheer volume of allies that Aeneas was able to bring with him. So very many ships on the horizon. And Aeneas in his new god-built armor gleaming in the sunlight. So, Turnus prepares to. He urges his men to rush at the ships, to meet them when they reach the land, so that the Latins can fight them as they leave their ships, keeping them from getting too far inland. It'll do much more damage than if they meet them on the battlefield. The Latin armies rush towards Aeneas and his ships. Aeneas and the allies prepare for battle. This is it. The real battle is about to begin. Oh, cliffhangers. Oh, nerds. Thank you all for listening. We're really getting down to the wire here with the Aeneid, and I'll admit, it's starting to grow on me. It helps that it's ending, though. Now, as many of you who follow me on social media, particularly Twitter, know, yes, I've started obsessively playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey. I finally did the thing that literally hundreds, if not thousands of you dear listeners, have been telling me to do for, well, years. 
You see, I know myself and I didn't try it when I had my job because I knew myself. I knew that it would take over my life and guess what? I was right. Anyway, now I've played over 100 hours in a month and yeah, I think it's a bit much, but who cares? It's really fun. I may talk about it on the podcast. I'll see if it's something that comes naturally. I haven't been taking notes or anything because that's no fun. But if you're dying to hear me mention it or talk about where I am in the game or just want to witness me cry out for help because I'm not very good at using a PS4 controller, I would recommend following me on Twitter because it's about 50% of what I talk about these days. And on that note, I want to say that yes, now when I listen to the new music that I got for this podcast, all I can hear is the AC Odyssey background music. But I actually found the new music long before I started playing, so it's just a very entertaining coincidence. And finally, yes, of course I'm playing with Cassandra. Who do you think I am? Thank you all for listening. Oh, you're just so wonderful. Life is cool. Assassin's Creed Odyssey is way too fun. But also, the pandemic is not cool. So wear a mask, wash your hands, and take the damn thing seriously. I want the world back. I am Liv, and I love this shit. every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. 
For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.